Welcome back in Dynasty Fantasy Football players. This is Flex Appeal, the flexiest fantasy football podcast on the airwaves. I am Ethan Paul, your host, joined by our new interim tag removed host, Jay Ryder. Jay, welcome into the show. How's it going, Ethan? Sorry it's going. Hey, look, dude, two weeks away. Yep, two weeks. Two weeks. NFL draft, it's the happiest time of the year for Dynasty players. And then after they draft their actual rookies, it's that's when it, it takes a nosedive. They're sad again because they have to start waiting a whole other year until the following draft. You know, it's a vicious cycle we play in, right? Right. But we'll hype them up yeah, for, yeah. until the preseason. We're always looking forward to the next class. Exactly. But let's focus on this class first. Uh, for the listeners, don't forget to uh, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. On Twitter, at Flex Appeal Show is our handle. Um, and that's how you get to us. In the show today, we're going to talk about our top 10 running backs on our each uh, on each of our personal boards. And we're going to do top five tight ends. So there you have it. That's kind of the rundown. Jay, before we get into it, I saw you had some notes on what you like in a running back. Like, why don't you give, since this is your first, you know, offseason doing the show with us. Tell the listeners what you look for in a running back, you know, one, two, three kind of thing. All right. When, what I look for in a running back, there's four categories. There's first one is size. You have to have the size to play in the NFL. I mean, these nice shifty backs that weigh 200 pounds are nice. But, I mean, Matt Britta, for example, he's yeah. injury prone all Always the time. Is It's hard. Next, they have to be a three-down back. I like to see a back that wants to play Spock. If he can pass Spock, he's he's going to play. And yeah. that's what I like. Uh, third, wear and tear. Did he take a lot of pounding? Did he play in the SEC? Did, did he get, you know, 1,000 carries in college? Yeah, a la Royce Freeman. Exactly. Right. Okay. And, and last but not least is uh, run vision. Uh, we all saw what happened with Trent Richardson. Uh-huh. Uh, he did play behind Alabama, so he kind of tricked us. Yeah. But uh, I think that uh, run vision is important. Okay. So vision. All right. My, the biggest thing I look for, first of all, is I, I try to ignore a lot of the stats and the measurables at first. I look at the game tape. You can tell most of the time by watching tape who looks good and who might make it at the next level. You can immediately eliminate some other running backs that are just nice college players. So tape first. Then I look at measurables. I like size. I'm like you. I like three down sets. You know, I want them to be built to take the pounding in the NFL. And then I defer to the numbers. Every one of these guys, except Josh Jacobs, has over 1,000 yards rushing in, in their last seasons in college. They're, they were all the best player on the field for their team in their last year of college. You know, they all have 1,000 yards. They all have double-digit touchdowns. You know what I mean? So numbers, maybe I hold some weight for the guys who played in the SEC or the Big Ten, the two tougher you know defenses, conferences, maybe. But numbers are the last thing we've got. Eye test, build, then numbers. So those are kind of how we're looking at it. And obviously everyone's going to have their own boards. I mean, this is just an opinion show. We're just average Joes talking about which running backs we like best. Some guy out there may have uh, a Mike Weber out of Ohio State at number one, right? It's totally, totally possible that another Joe very, Blow out there has possible. a... Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with you or do you start with me? You can go first. All right. I have a feeling you're going to be pretty chalky with your first one. Spoiler alert. I saw your list. I'm going with Miles Sanders as my number one running back on my rookie big board right now. Penn State, uh, 5'10", 2'11". Uh, great combine. Blew it away. Really started to rise. 1,200 yards, nine touchdowns, 5.8 yards per carry. The only reason why Miles Sanders isn't cemented into the number one spot in this year's running back class, in my eyes, is because he had some joker named Saquon Barkley in front of him for the two previous seasons he was at Penn State. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders, to me, I want to put him at my number one spot. Okay. It, it took several days of watching tape on Miles Sanders and 
Josh Jacobs, my uh, number one. Okay. To finally say Josh Jacobs to me is going to be the better player. All right. Where, where do you have Miles Sanders on your board? He's my number two. He's your number two. So we're both pretty high on Sanders. I was just talking to you before the show. It's amazing. At the end of last football season, in you know November, December, January, you maybe thought you can get Miles Sanders at the beginning of the second round. Yeah, that's not going to happen no more. I, I, I'm projecting at least top five. I mean, they got good wide receivers, but if he falls out of that top five, you better start looking at trading up to grab him. Yeah, I agree. But there's a legitimate chance that Miles Sanders is the second running back drafted in the NFL draft this year, behind maybe Josh Jacobs, who has the more elite, prototypical profile, athletic profile. You know, there's if, if he goes, if he's the second running back off the board in the real life draft, I mean, you got it. You're talking top five, top seven pick overall in our dynasty drafts. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, who's your number one, Josh Jacobs? You want to touch on him? I, I'm not high on Jacobs. I have a completely different opinion than you on Jacobs, but why is he your number one? Josh Jacobs is my number one guy. Um, the reason is he plays all over the field. He goes out wide to catch balls. He comes inside. He plays box and he runs. This is what this is why he was better to me than Miles Sanders. He runs with a toughness. He wants to hit you. There was a play against uh, Mississippi State. He uh, was direct snap, one third and one. He took the ball right up the middle. Uh, middle linebacker comes, meets him behind the line of scrimmage. Not only did he drive and get the first down, he got ten extra yards with the middle linebacker sitting on his butt. Yeah, he wants to hit. He's not afraid to hit it up the middle. Right. Uh, not that Miles Sanders can't do it. But he's more of the the shiftier back. He wants to juke yeah. you more than run through you. Yeah, he, he watched Barkley do it for three years ahead of him, so or two years ahead of him. So he wants to do exactly same the same thing. My thing is the I, I, Josh Jacobs. I think could be a fine back in the NFL. I have him at number six on my list. The reason why I just don't see the upside. A, I've never seen it. I've never seen it done. He's never had blow up seasons. Blow up, you know, like in college, he was always in a committee. Were his legs fresh every time he drug that linebacker 10 yards down the field? You know? I mean, it's a good possibility, but yeah. I wouldn't mind a guy that's coming out of Alabama yeah. to hit the market with fresh legs. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'd rather, I guess, fresh legs sometimes than others, but I don't know. To take him at number one overall, it's just too rich for my blood for a guy who haven't seen him do it. And my worry about Josh Davis is, you know, he doesn't have that, you know, shiftiness in the hole a la Sanders you know, Barkley 2.0 is what I'm going to start calling him soon if we keep the hype trade going. But, like, I see them hitting the hole, bouncing it outside, tearing it up down the field. Jacobs, I see him hitting the hole, hitting that linebacker, and going 10 yards down the field. You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, it's just, I, I mean, I, I thought the same thing the first couple. Yeah. But after watching a couple more tapes, he actually has the speed to do it. Yeah. And he has – he, he actually was a punt and kick returner. I did not know that. So yeah. you're saying that maybe with a larger sample size, Josh Jacobs could show us more than what he did in Alabama. Right. I, I think I think the offense and hold, especially with uh, Damian Harris behind uh, in front of him, mm-hmm. behind him, yeah, however it works, fifty fifty. It, it kind of cut into his carries. Uh, not much passing. I mean, Alabama threw the ball up to the wide receivers and yeah. deeper down the field, but he he did show he can catch, just like Miles Sanders. To me, these guys are one A, one B. Okay. So they're not that far off. You had really struggled to put Jacobs over Sanders. All right. Well, who, so you have Jacobs one, Sanders two. I have Sanders one. I have Daryl Henderson out of Memphis, number two. And I know you like this guy a lot. 5'8", 208. So he's a little undersized. But when you watch the tape, he reminds me of Kareem Hunt. Okay? That's the comp I'm giving him. The way he runs. I think I told you this at your house. We watched some film. He runs like Kareem Hunt. He hits the hole. He drags people like Kareem Hunt. I really like him. He doesn't look 5'8", 208 on tape. 
He had 1,900 yards at Memphis and 22 touchdowns this past year. 22. And if you think that's crazy, I think he had more than that the previous season. Here's what I really like about him, though. Okay, even if he can't be that elite runner in the NFL, he had 63 career receptions in three seasons at Memphis. So that tells me at 5'8", 208, if he can't cut a rollout being a runner, worst case scenario, we might have ourselves a nice little pass catching back here that we can you know rely on. In today's PPR world, I'll take a PPR back at, at the second you know second pick off the board, safer to me than some of these other guys. What yeah, do you so, think? Yeah, I really liked Henderson. I, I thought this guy was talented. Yeah, I, he definitely could be a pass back in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as running the ball, I mean, he he played with for Memphis. Let's put it that way. Against the bigger competition, he did struggle, but they they wanted him to have the ball in his hands. Yeah, and whenever they were down, he was catching balls. He turned it upfield, and he looked really good. Yeah, and he caught the ball out with his hands. He he came in at my number three back. Okay, um, but. Uh, He's a different tier than my first two guys. Okay. You have two guys at the top and then a, a, then the next tier. Right. Okay. See, I have, I have him in my, my tier one. And I, have, I have actually like four guys in my tier one. I can see being nice, you know, 15-plus point floor running backs for fantasy. You know, that's how I'm kind of looking at it. Um, who's your number three guy? My number three guy is Damian Harris uh, with Alabama. Okay. Damn, dude. Two Alabama running backs in your top three? I know. I didn't. I really didn't like it. It's got to hurt. Yeah. Yeah, but um, – <laughs> To me, he, he reminds me of Mark Ingram. He really does. Okay. Uh, he's got the same size. He actually did show that he can catch the ball. Mm-hmm. He runs really hard. He has great acceleration. I don't, his 40 time wasn't the best. But mm-hmm. whenever he sees the hole, he shoots. And right. he wants it. And I I think that he could, the NFL is a better game than his college game could be. Now, he did play four years. So, as far as... As ground and pound, he took a lot of beating, especially playing in the SEC and all this. Mm-hmm. But not it, quite as young for a dynasty right. asset. I get that, but I, I still think that he can be um, the next Mark Ingram. I really do. Dang man, that, that's that's aggressive on the two Alabama kids. You have them at one and three. I have Jacobs at six and Harris at eight. That's where I have them on my on my two boards. Now that's right actually, now. Actually, he's my number four. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, Daryl Henderson's my oh. number three. Okay, so hey, Henderson's your top three. Okay, so right now you have Sanders. Uh, you have Jacob Sanders, Henderson, one, two, three. I have Sanders, Henderson, one, two. And you have the other Alabama kid coming in four. Okay, so that's all right. You, still, to have both Alabama guys in the top four, still more aggressive than I have them, you know, than what I have them at. I have Harris at eight. Let me just touch on him real quick. Yes, he has shown me more than Josh Jacobs. He averaged seven, seven and a half yards per carry in 2017, over 1,000 yards and 11 touchdowns. So he actually showed me that he could do it for a season and put up those big numbers. And I think he's actually a better receiver than Josh Jacobs. For whatever reason, I have him two spots lower than Josh Jacobs, just because maybe the physical build, the physical profile, the fact that Jacobs might get drafted in the first round of the NFL draft, might stick around longer, have more of a leash, yada, yada. I, I like both the backs. I don't dislike him. I think Josh Jacobs is a high risk of being a bust. But I just don't have them one and four. I have them six and eight. They could be nice. I'm not as high on them. But we'll come back to them in a bit. So so uh, your number three was Daryl Henderson. My number three is David Montgomery out of Iowa State. He has fallen on a lot of people's boards. You rewind the clock a few months ago, he was like the, the dead set locking in number one running back on a lot of people's boards. Uh, you know, obviously it was early in the process. But now he's four, five, six. He had a bad combine. I say bad combine. He didn't have a great combine. 
Uh, your thoughts on David Montgomery as high as three on my board? You know, any he's my number five. Okay, and it was actually kind of hard to put him there. Okay, yeah. Um, he probably started a lot higher on your board than five. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I, actually, when I was watching the tape, uh, almost every pre-snap, I was looking for Butler. Yeah. Because I mean, the, uh, David Montgomery seemed like he always wanted to bounce it outside. Yeah. He always want. He, he never seemed like he was patient enough to hit the hole. Now, was it the offensive line? It could have been. The quarterback play was pretty bad. David Montgomery's a talented player. So the, the defense was crowding the line. Uh, but what he did show was that he can catch the ball. Uh, and he also is a very, very good pass blocker. That's why he stayed in my top five. He Every time that he stepped up to make a block, he made the block. He hit him right in the chest, never backed down. And he, he could see it before it happens. Okay. I, I do think that he profiles better as a pro running back than a college guy. He was at Iowa State. They stink. When's the last time you saw Iowa State do anything good in any sport? Yeah, I, I, you know, pretty bad. So you got, you got, you got. Okay, so there's that. But <clears throat> he also played the Big Twelve, where there's no defense being played either. So basically, he was on a bad team in a bad conference. So it's like it's hard, it's very hard to gauge his numbers. Twelve hundred yards, thirteen touchdowns, twenty two catches, one hundred seven yards. Those are all nice, but they were against bad defenses. But then do the bad defenses outweigh the bad O-line in front of him? You know, how do you measure it? It's real hard to measure him. It's hard to put a pin in him. I have him as number three on my, on my board. I know you have him at number five. I think his style, like you said, on tape, translates to the NFL better. He could have a better NFL career than he did in college. Only, look, you put this kid at Ohio State or Georgia or Florida, and he's, he's you know, he, and he puts up these numbers and does what he does. He's probably the number one, no, no question. But because he's Ohio, Iowa State, you know, it's kind of like, eh, how do you – Let's see where he gets drafted. But top five, I think, is consensus on most people's rookie, you know, running back boards. Um, I have him at number three. You have him at number five. Who's your uh, next guy up on your list? Go with your number four before I. Oh yeah, we're, you're ahead of me. Okay, so number four. This might shock, shock you a little bit. Rodney Anderson, Oklahoma. Okay, Boomer Sooner baby. Are you looking for the next Joe Mixon? I found him. I love this guy. He's my number six guy. Okay. And, and I'm excited right. to talk about him. Yeah, me too. The only problem is he's only played 17 games in Yes, college. and he's probably not going to play a full 16-game season. Here's what I have to say about him. If you took a chance on Sonny Michelle last year in the top five of your, of your rookie draft, take a chance on Rodney Anderson then because this guy is more talented than Sonny Michelle. This guy is the next Joe Mixon if he's on the field healthy. Six foot, 224. Prototypical size. You watch the tape. He looks like Joe Mixon out there. And Joe Mixon is a nice fantasy asset. He's a nice dynasty asset. You're going to get him at a discount because he, he didn't even play at all last year. I think he played one game at Oklahoma. So you don't have to pay up for him. You're going to get him at the 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 range of your rookie draft. I love Rodney Anderson. And if he would have played six games last year, I'd have him as number two on my big board. Yes. Yeah, so Rodney Anderson is legitimate he i like everything i saw on him mm-hmm. uh like he said he only played one game last right. year came <laughs> towards acl but this guy's electric whenever he has the ball in his hands and he takes off he's gone yeah nobody's catching him I know. And, and i think he can even do it in the nfl we didn't get to see him run the 40s still coming off his injury he uh a team that's going to draft him may have to hold him for a year or two before he actually gets to 100 percent. but I, i'm not high enough to take him in my top five Maybe, you yeah. know, late first round. if Because, I mean, the wide receivers are good this year. I think yeah. they're better. The wide but, receivers are going to push a lot of these running backs down. Right. Uh, I, I like his running style. The, <clears throat> the only problem that I'm seeing is he likes to run up right. And that, that could have been the reason his injuries did occur his first year. Did, I think sure. he, if I remember right, 
It was his neck that he had hurt. Oh, uh, shoot. You're going to have to yeah. give me a I second if you want me to pull up his whole uh, injury history here. Let's see. I had him up just now. Oh, I'm looking at tight ends. Jesus. Well, let me, let me talk about the upright thing while we look for this. The, the upright, you know who else had an upright running style in the NFL his whole career? He's going to be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Adrian Peterson. Okay, nobody ever said shit about him. Leonard Fournette ran upright, and he was a pretty dang good player. You know, went went on the field for the Jaguars. But I you see know. them also being two different players. Well, that. right. I'm just saying the upright style isn't a total detriment. I mean, he, it's not like he's running upright through the hole. I know what you mean, though. He gets out in the open, and he has an upright. Uh, what am I looking for, Rodney Anderson? What he had? What this, did he hurt? His, his freshman year. What was his injury? Let's see. Run a knee bend. Da, 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 da. I want to say it was a neck or a back, but uh, why Ethan looks that up. Yeah, I'm the, Googling it. Another good thing about Rodney Anderson is he didn't have a fumbling problem. Some of these guys you see, they, they fumble the ball five or ten times in the college career. This guy yeah. only had two fumbles. He, he holds the ball tight. I know it was in 17 games, but he plays. He, he I think he could be a very good NFL back. I really like this guy. Yeah. It's just the injuries could be the problem, just like DK Metcalf for me. All right, so – Everybody's big boys. Everybody has an iPhone in their hand with Google. They can Google what he hurt. I'm looking for his injuries, and I'm, I'm and as I'm looking at Anderson, Rodney Anderson's profile from all these different sites, I'm seeing I'm seeing names like Arian Foster, Demarco Murray, Joe Mixon. Yeah, you would, he's, he's a clone. He looks like yeah. Him. You would take like, those yeah. those peak guys. Those were winning championships in Dynasty when they were at their peak. So you would take a peak that if if you got Rodney Anderson, especially if you got him at the beginning maybe mid second round in your rookie draft because i guarantee you there are guys in most of our listeners leagues that haven't even haven't even heard of rodney anderson you know you know what i mean because he, he's never played hasn't played right you know where i actually would love rodney anderson to go and if he would would move into that tavon coleman role in atlanta yeah sit behind freeman for one maybe two years and then they give him the lead role because right. I, I think he could be that talented he needs to nurse his injuries he needs to get healthy yeah uh but, but I, I would really like to see him go to atlanta That'd be a good fit, and then high-powered offense, yeah. and then Freeman's not the most injury-prone guy, you know, injury. Uh, yeah, he, and I think if Freeman would go down and this guy's healthy enough, he he will take the job. Yeah, probably. Um, all right, let's see. That was my number four. Where are we at on your list? I had uh, Damian Harris as your number four. Who's your number five? Montgomery? I'm at seven. Jesus, who's your number six? Rodney Anderson? Yep. I'm making notes here because we did not exchange notes before the show. Uh, all right, who's your number seven? You want to do your six, or you want me to do my seven? Holy cow. I'm still on number five. All right. My number five. This is how much our list differed. We're going to lay it all out for you guys, too, once we're done jabbering back and forth about four, eight, six, five. Uh, my number five is Justice Hill, Oklahoma State. And he's a little bit smaller, 5'10", but he'd be way better than I thought, 222. He didn't have a good combine. For a, a fast guy on tape, he ran a 4.63 in the 40. Um Look, this is one of those gut feelings. I kind of like the guy, the whole pre-draft process. I had him in my top eight most of the you know uh, year last year going into the offseason. He's a burner. I'm, I'm trusting the tape. I'm trusting my eyes. I'm going to call it a bad combine. I have Justice Hill number five. If he, This is one of those guys, though, he needs to be in the right offensive system. He, he, you don't put a fullback in front of him. You don't run the power eye with three tight ends in tight. He needs to be in a wide-open spread offense. He could be what Ty Montgomery did, in my eyes, for the Packers those couple of seasons they moved him to running back. Do you even have Justice Hill in your top ten? No. He's actually on my almost-made-it list. Okay. So he's my number five. He, you, not, don't, you don't think he's legit? No. He doesn't meet the size. He okay. looked scared to pass block. Okay. Yeah. 
And he played in a high-power offense. Right. They, they gave him the ball out in space. That just Right. Okay. Product of Oklahoma State's run and shoot offense. Gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, our opinions are not going to, uh, you know, you have Jacobs number one, I have number six. So there are going to be some, some variances here. All right. Who, let's see. Uh, my number six is Josh Jacobs. We talked about him. Now we're both at number seven, right? All right. Who you got? This one actually came into a surprise because of uh, his combine was so bad. Uh-huh. But actually, I, I watched a lot of tape, and I really liked Elijah Holyfield. Woo! And, I, yeah, he's probably not in your top ten. He's not. He's not. He's not in a lot of guys' top tens, especially after that combine. Yeah. But what, what I do like and what I think can help him be a great or a decent NFL running back is he wants to run north and south. Yeah. And he's got the he's got the size, he's got the weight. Mm-hmm. He put up twenty six bench press twenty six on the bench press. So he's strong. Yeah. He, he he's very strong. I, I think he his pass catching wasn't the best. Yeah. No. Right. No. They, it's well, pretty, they took him off the field every time they wanted to pass. They threw it to Swift. The, yeah. the running back Swift. They have. Uh, but but I, I don't. This the balls that he did catch. He didn't look comfortable. Yeah. So I think he is just going to be a short yardage back. But I think that this guy can get double-digit touchdowns in the right system. In the right system. That's the key here. Could he be what um, Jay, Jay Ajayi was in Miami? Give me, give me some of these bigger backs. LeGarrette Blunt with the Patriots. You know, some of these big bruisers. I think the LeGarrette Blunt role is pretty Yeah, pretty right. Good. If he lands a role like that. But that's a big if. You look at other guys like that uh, uh, Adams and, and Gus Edwards last year, those, those rookies that came out of nowhere. They had to be in the right system because if you put them in the Saints offense or one of these offenses, you know, that are they're not so up the gut, ground and pound, beat you to death with the running game oriented, they don't fit. See, see where I, um, Elijah Holyfield, I think he could be a good one-two punch with Christian McCaffrey. Perfect spot. I agree. I, 100%. If, if you fall there, he, he's still not in my top ten, but. But I would take that. If if he's the goal line back, that's the type of system he has to be. I can't imagine they're going to use Christian McCaffrey as much as they've been using him his first two years. No. So maybe by year three or four, when they sign him to that big deal, maybe they say, you know what, let's 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 ease off on the touches. We got this young kid. Blah blah blah. I could totally see something like that happening. Holyfield, I liked before the combine. I liked who his dad was. I liked watching him at Georgia. He's he's fun to watch run the ball, but he tested like a fullback to me, and I just. He I couldn't get over it. He, did, he, didn't, he didn't run well. Like he didn't cut well. But, you I, know. I, I'm hoping that I'm wrong on him. Uh, after the combine, I was thinking just like you. Yeah. But after uh, after watching some film, I, I really liked his running style. And after the draft, depending on the landing spot and where he's drafted, I may move him up into my top ten. Hell, you may move him up to your top five. Who knows? He, he may not be on anybody's list if he goes undrafted and gets signed by the Patriots. So, you have right. no, you know, or, or you know, a team with established runners. So you never know. But uh, I'm with you there. I can see him at seven. I'm not. I'm not gonna bash. In. If I really wanted to, dude, I would have gone in on you for the Josh Jacobs at number one. You know, like in my eyes. But I'm not gonna bash anybody's pick right now because we have no idea where these guys are gonna be playing. All right, uh, my number seven. I don't know if you've uh, looked at this guy with me, Devin Singletary, the FAU running back, Florida Atlantic. I do. He's at. He's at my number nine. Okay. And I'll tell you right now, the only reason he's at my number nine is because of his stats. Stats? Yes. Like you're saying that the numbers put him up into your top 10? Yes. And I, okay. I, he had 741 carries. Uh-huh. That is a lot. Yes. For 4,287 yards. That's uh-huh. six yards a carry uh-huh. with 66 touchdowns. Yeah, I know. I have the touchdown numbers written down right here. I was like, he had 22 touchdowns last year. That's insane. Oh, yeah? How about 29 touchdowns in 2017? Like hold my beer and watch these red zone trips. I, I have him at number seven. Here's why. It's kind of the same thing I'm going with with 
Daryl Henderson, the smaller back. If they can't, these guys played at smaller schools. If they can't cut in the NFL as runners, they're going to be locked and loaded as a as a red zone wizard slash pass catching extraordinaire. Like this guy, Singletary, could be the next James White. You know what I mean? Like I, I actually, my comparison. I, I hate to compare everybody, me but too. he really reminds me of a Theo Riddick. A Theo Riddick, perfect. That's fine. So if he's not the elite runner that he looked like in college. Oh, well, if you're getting him at the seventh overall running back off the board in your rookie draft, you're probably getting him at the – I mean, we're talking mid to late second right now. We're taking flyers anyway on a lot of guys. Yeah. This is it, definitely a guy that you would, lo- that you would yeah, want to take a flyer. absolutely. To be on the landing spot, if he turns into the next Theo Riddick, hell, Theo Riddick is a good second flex play or a flex play if, you, if you're starting two flexes. So uh, I like Devin Singletary. I have him number seven. Who's your uh, number eight? My number eight is Bryce Love. Oh, man. And as hard as I – and as much as I wanted to, I wanted to put this guy up there in my top five. Right. I, I'm a huge Bryce Love fan. Still. Still. The What's hurting him is he tore his ACL late in the season. Yeah, he disappeared. Yeah, yeah. and uh, his junior year, though, he had 2,118 yards and 19 touchdowns. Yeah. Whenever he touches the ball, I love what I see. This guy is so electric. He literally will take the ball, and before you know it, he's 50 yards down the field. I agree. I'm right there with you. However, uh, what's his size? Do you have a size? 5'9", 200 pounds. He's a little smaller. He's in, That injury scares me. Here's my thing about him, though. Before he hurt himself, uh, he was banged up in 20, like before he ended his season, he was banged up in 2018. He only averaged 4.6 yards per carry uh, before going down for that injury. He only had 18 catches. He just he didn't seem that into it. I applaud the guy from com- coming back to school. But it was the stupidest thing he'd ever done because if he would have come out in 2017, I know it was a loaded running back class, but he would have been right up there with the big dogs after the 2017 season. 8.1 yards a carry, over 2,000 yards, 19 touchdowns. He, he would have been arguably the number one guy in the 2017 class. Yeah, I mean, he was a finalist for the Heisman, but right. he came in number two. Right. So I, I think it was stupid for him to come back to school. It really hurt his, his stuff. Here's the problem with Bryce Love, too, and this is why he's not on a lot of people's boards and why he may not go drafted very high in the real-life draft. He was banged up in 2018. He had a season-ending injury. He didn't perform at the combine. Like he's just not on the map at all. You know. Yeah, I mean, this guy is falling because he can't do anything. He's sitting right. there with the torn ACL that probably only happened two months ago, three months ago, maybe. I think December, maybe. Yeah. yeah so, uh, well, maybe they reported in December. Might have happened in November. But regardless, yeah. it was late football season. I'm with you. So he's probably not going to make any mini camps. He he might be ready for midseason. Yeah, he's going to be an undrafted yeah. free agent. I mean, he, you know, he, he may be a sixth or seventh round flyer. I can't imagine a team. I don't know. Man. I just see a to... team. I see a team moving up in the late fourth, fifth round and drafting this guy. Man, really that's aggressive for a, a. I don't know. Well, I mean, you never know though. He was fun to watch when fully healthy in 2017 and, and the year before. So I don't hate the pick. Depending on draft capital and draft spot, I might applaud it. Uh, my number eight is Damian Harris. We touched on that. Um, like I said, I think he's the better receiver than Josh Jacobs. And if you're getting these guys late in the second round and they have some PPR value with their catching ability, I'm fine with that. Number nine, I'll go first. I have Mike Weber, Ohio State, 5'9", 211. This guy's the total package. My only concern is he split work with J.K. Dobbins, who's going to be a beast in next year's running back class. But we'll get to that later. Yes, Dobbins may be great. Weber should have won that job. I, I'm concerned with how good he may be in real life. Was it the Ohio State system? 950 yards, five TDs. Those aren't numbers off the charts. He's one of those guys you see on tape, 
and you just kind of like, okay, I see the potential. So I have him at number nine. Do you even have him on your top ten? No, he's also in my almost made it. Almost made it. Okay. Any thoughts on Mike Weber? Have you watched anything on him yet? I've watched Mike Weber. Um, As far as me, after my seventh pick, any of these guys could have made my list. Right. They're a tier totally different from the top six guys even. Yeah. Uh, um, it's hard to move guys around. I mean, any day could be anybody. I liked what I saw out of Mike Weber. Uh, it's, it's Ohio State. Yeah. So, I mean, they're built for this. Now, they did pass the ball a lot this year, which may have hurt him. But, right. Yeah. If he was the feature back, he may have had 1,600 yards, and we'd be having a whole different conversation. If he was right. Ezekiel Elliott-esque, I understand. He split time. It's the reason, same reason why I have the Alabama kids a little lower. I just I, I don't like to gamble. I'd rather more you know I'd rather take the conservative approach with running backs. That's all. Um, who's your number nine? Uh, single tear. Single. Uh, singular. Sing, no. Sorry. Single tear. Yeah, yeah Devin Singletary, Singletary, the FAU sorry. kid. David. It's Singletary. all right. Typo. I was already looking at my number. Sorry, two. you already told me that he was number nine. I'm making notes as we go. So single Terry is your number nine. We talked about him. Anything else to add about the FAU product? No. No. You already talked about him. All right. Who's your number 10? Mine is uh, Benny Snow. Um, Jordan Howard all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure Adam's looking at this guy pretty hard. Yeah. Our other co-host, Adam, is probably like, yeah, Jordan Howard, he's already on my roster. Let's add another fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I liked about him is he, he was never hurt. Yeah. He played every game. Rock set. Solid. Whole college career. He, yeah. He, uh, he wants to ground and pound. He had uh, 737 carries in the SEC. You know, he doesn't play Alabama, you know, but he, he's still pretty good. Uh, 3,873 yards and 48 touchdowns. He's a touchdown guy. Yeah. And if he's inside the five-yard line, he's fine in the end zone. That's that's another reason what moved him up and kept him in the top ten for me. Uh, he can also pass block very good, but he can't catch. Uh, he didn't yeah. look smooth. It, it looked like his routes were really just, I'm going to come out here and wait and see if I catch the ball type of thing. And even whenever sometimes he caught the ball, it's kind of like, oh, I caught the ball. Yeah. Not like, oh, I'm sh- nothing natural. So, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to teach that in the NFL. So, yeah, I'm with you. He, he, did, he didn't look comfortable at all during the season at the combine as a pass catcher. Do I like him as a big bruising back? Could he be the next Jordan Howard? Yes. My only concern is Jordan Howard has already come and gone, it feels like. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Well, I, I kind of I, – I wouldn't be surprised if we could see him like a Latavius Murray. Okay. Like not the speed-wise and all that. Right. But Just kind of sticks around, yeah. quality handcuff, I, gets a shine. I, I think yeah. that this guy can can have his, his games. He's never going to be that guy that you're going to want to lean on, but mm-hmm. he could be a, a good handcuff. For whenever your player goes down for a three to four game stretch. Yeah, I I, I totally can see that. I, I actually liked watching Snell at Kentucky. I thought he was a nice college back. I just don't know if the NFL he doesn't have. He's a one tool player. He's right. uh, he is a Gus Edwards. You know, maybe yeah, a little definitely. bit slower than Gus. You know what I mean? He's just a one dimensional bruiser. I actually had him at number ten on the original list I sent you a few weeks ago before the combine. He was my number ten, but after the combine, I mean, I knew he couldn't catch, but damn, he didn't test well at all. So I moved him out. He's in my next, you know, maybe top 15 group. My number 10, I'm going to put a name in here, starting the hype train. He may even go undrafted in the NFL draft, <laughs> but I'm putting him in here. Divine 
Ozigba out of Nebraska. Senior out of Nebraska, okay? All right, you're going to have to tell me on this guy. All right, one-year wonder. He only had one big year, over 1,000 yards last year. He had the double-digit touchdowns. On tape, he's a bruiser. He doesn't go down easy. And 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 not only is he a bruiser, but he does have some big playability. Check this out. Last year, he had three touchdown runs over 40 yards, and two of those runs were over 60 yards. So he can take it to the house from a distance. He can break tackles. He can get the first downs. I actually like the kid. If you watch him run, he's kind of fun to watch. He played in the Big Ten, which was arguably the second, arguably the best defensive conference in college last year, you know, the last couple years with the SEC. So, yeah, the pedigree may not be there. The name's not there. But Nebraska's always also not there. So he's been kind of under the radar. Best player on Nebraska's team last year, in my opinion. Over 1,000 yards. Checks all the boxes. I Somebody to watch. If he goes drafted in the fifth, sixth round, he may be a late-day pick. He may go undrafted. But if he lands in the right spot when it comes time to draft our rookie drafts, you may want to get a little aggressive for him and take him because I guarantee you by the time we get there, some people are going to be seeing him and going, wait a second, who is this guy? You know, He's going to work his way up the boards slowly. As of right now, I have him a top 10. Look, dude, if he lands on the practice squad with the Jaguars or some, you know, some bad situation, whatever. But... Watch out. It could be a good situation where, depending on where he lands. Have you ever heard of this guy? Mm, I've, actually, I <laughs> did see his name when I was going through highlights. Okay. All right. So you saw his name once. I did, that doesn't mean that I watched the whole tape. All right. All right. Well, check it out for, for the listeners. Oh, yeah. I'll definitely check it out. I'll, check out the highlights. No problem. Ever he's, just, going he's, he's, just a good, he's just a good runner, you know? So, so that's like your guy. That's the guy that you're hoping. I mean, I'm not planting my flag no, no, going no, 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 divine no, no. Ozigba. I'm probably not even sell, sell, you know, saying his name right. He's just a guy I like that I'm going to put in my top 10. I'd rather him over Snell right now. But if right. Snell lands with the Bears, you know, obviously I'm going to move Snell up my board and Ozigba down. So there you go. There's our top 10. Any thoughts on our top 10 list? I know you had a couple other guys on the outside. Obviously, that whole group of guys after the top 10 could easily end up in the top 10 depending on draft you know, draft situation, where they get drafted, right? Right. I, I think in this draft you have uh... – a tier one, tier two, tier three, and then everybody else is tier four. You flip four yeah. clear cut tiers. Yeah, six to seven guys, maybe eight. Yeah. Uh, now after the draft, it may all change. Yeah, sure. We may have top ten, but I, I just don't see that there's a lot of talent. Um, there's a lot of guys that's been injured through their college career that's coming out this year. Uh, that's pushed them down. Uh, one of the guys that I really liked was Dexter Williams out of Notre Dame. Yeah, I'm looking at him right now. I was going to mention him. Yeah, um, he's got he's got good speed. Uh, he ha- he had the injury problems. He only ever played nine games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think he could be a late third round, mid third round pick in a uh, rookie draft. And I, I could kind of see him as a Jamal Williams for Green Bay. Okay, that's kind of what I I saw him as a hard runner. But that if he does break a few tackles and does a good some good things, he can have a good couple of game stretch where he can be a starter. And whenever you're drafting in the mid to third round, that's all you're asking for right there. Yeah, I understand. Uh, look, there's a couple guys in this class that I could easily see moving up on the boards. LJ Scott, running back out of Michigan yes. State. I like his tape a lot. He's just he's just huge right now. Could he slim down, yada, yada. But I do like his his, his style. And, again, he gets that big 10 benefit of the, of the doubt. Um, the kid out of Florida, Jordan Scarlett, he, he ran as a, as a bruiser. In, in, in the SEC, but he, he ran well at the 40, 447. So, I mean, there's a couple of guys in here that you could see moving up the charts depending on where they get drafted. 
obviously that that Armstead kid out of Temple had a big day at the combine. He's getting some buzz. You just got to kind of watch when teams sink high draft picks. I say high, top four draft picks on a running back. They're going to stick around for at least a year or two. So that'll shape up our boards uh, after the NFL draft. All right, Jay. Before we move uh, on to tight ends here, let me just take a quick moment to remind everybody at Flex Appeal Show is how you get us on Twitter. Um, and we are partnered with, I'm pulling up their website, DynastyTradeCalculator.com. I want to give them a shout out. Right now is the best time to trade high on rookie draft picks. Because right now, they're at an all-time hype level. Guys are thinking, oh man, this rookie, this rookie, this pick, this pick. What do I need to get to the Right now is the time to shop your picks. So if you want players and known assets for your rookie picks, go to DynastyTradeCalculator.com. Sign up. Use the tool. There's a calculator tool you can plug in your pick and see what guy, you know, what it might be worth. Uh, and that's a good way to start a trade with your league mates. So uh, definitely give those guys a shout. We like working with them. Uh, and, and Jay and I and uh, some of our other hosts on this show use DynastyTradeCalculator.com. So check them out. All right, Jay, I know you're not a huge fan of rookie of drafting rookie tight ends, but let's try to get some rookie tight ends done right here so we can at least take a sneak peek at them. Obviously, these are going to be loose top five rankings but let's get through them uh, and after the draft we'll come back and reassess do you have a top five at all or did you even bother putting together a top five because you don't like rookie tennis no I, I did put a top five okay. together all right. uh, but it was kind of like it's monday let's put a top five yeah, together these are five names that i've heard of yeah let's well no, I, I did watch film on them all oh wow uh, oh, well, look at you my my actually number one's probably not your number one which isn't most number ones i I don't know. Go right. say you're number one. Right. See. Well, I'm going chalk here. It's, uh, it's going to be one of the Iowa kids. I'm going Noah Fant. So it is chalk to have the Iowa kids as the top right. two. Top so, two. Yeah. Well, I don't have both of them. At, uh, number one, I have one of the Iowa kids, Noah Fant. Then I have Irv Smith Jr. out of Alabama. Okay. okay. So we're different. All right. Then I have TJ Hawkinson out of Iowa, Jace Sternberger at A&M, and Caden Smith out of Stanford. Who's your top guy? Uh, my top guy is Hawkinson. Okay. I, and um, my my main reason is is I found that he was a better pass blocker than Noah mm-hmm. Fant. Oh yeah, he is. He's an all around blocker. Yes. Yeah. To be to be in the NFL as a tight end, that's kind of what I would like to see. Mm-hmm. He's he's almost an OJ Howard clone to me. Sure. Okay, I can see it, and I'm not going to argue. Yeah. I think Hawkinson and Fant are close. What I'm going for here is if you give me the choice of an inline blocking tight end that might go out on a passing route and catch a pass. Or a Fant, who's uh, put him out in the slot and mismatch him on a linebacker or a cornerback tight end, and you know he's getting a route run, I'll take that guy every time in today's NFL. So I think they're 1A and 1B, but give me the guy that's going to be split out wide, matched up against a cornerback four inches shorter than him. So if I tell you that Hawkinson actually had a deeper average per catch than Noah Fant. That would blow my mind. He did. That would blow my mind. Noah Fant was at 13, three yards. Wow. And Hawkinson was at 15, five. Okay. Well, they're close. They're close. Yeah. You know? But I know what you mean. So Hawkinson can be used down the field. Yes. But he's also going to be kept in line to block a lot right. more than Fant will, right? Yes. yes. So but let me ask you this. Yeah. Gronk retires. Well, obviously. Everybody's looking for a new tight whoever end. Signs, who's a better fit right yeah, here Whoever the signs with the Patriots, uh, gets drafted by the Patriots out of these three, in my opinion, Fant, Irv Smith, or Hawkinson. They're the number one rookie tight end on the board automatically. Right. Right. But, you I think, know. I think that either one of these these three guys can make an NFL squad and yeah. be relevant their first. Well, 
two to three years. I, I think a guy like Noah Fant can do what an Evan Ingram did, you know, right out of the gate. Just soak up some targets over the middle, put him in the slot, almost like a big wide receiver. You know what I mean? I think I think all these guys will have the year what Mark Andrews had last year. Yeah, kind of have his relevant games. Yeah. Slowly moving up, up the down. rankings, and it's just. I understand. I'm not. I'm not super high on any one of these. I think Fant and Hawkinson are probably the better, the best NFL. I'm sorry, Irv Smith and Hawkinson are probably the best NFL all around tight ends, like blocking in line, run blocking, pass blocking the whole night. But Noah Fant to me is the higher upside. Eric Ebron, you know, freak athlete tight end. Right. And, and when you, you know, why not go for the upside? We, you know, in a barren position like tight end. The right. odds of all these guys averaging five points a game their entire fantasy careers are, are just as high as one of them spouting off for 10 every – you know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure if any one of these tight ends are going to be superstars, the next Travis Kelsey, the next, you know, Rob Gronkowski. Do, do you see any of these guys being – No, I mean – yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to project this far out, but I don't see it. I just don't see it out of this class. Yeah, I yeah. just I, I, I don't know. The tight ends are so hard to pick. Yeah. And especially before the draft, it's hard to, to rank them. But yeah, I think if you want a guy that's going to be on the field the most, I think Irv Smith and, and Hawkinson are your two best bets. If you want safe and conservative pick. If you want high upside, let's say you already have a couple of really good tight ends on your roster and you're just going for upside and you want to stash a fan, go for it. But if you want, like, oh, man, I'm in a bind. I got Delaney Walker and Greg Olson, and they're about to retire because they're both 52 years old, you know, all right, maybe I get me a safe pick. And TJ Hawkinson, you know, might be on the field more often, run blocking, pass blocking option to run the uh, route. So As long as it's in the mid to second. Yeah, right. I don't think – the only guy that should go in the first round out of this group is the guy who gets drafted by the Patriots. Yes, and and yeah. that might even be if he's a third or third yeah, right. or fourth round pick. Right. It ain't any of these top three guys. Right, you might you might see a guy take a shot. Right, right. Uh, give me your give me your top five. You got a top five written down? Yes. Who's your number two, uh, three, four, five? Hawkinson. Okay. He's my number one. Noah Fant, number two. Okay. Irv Smith. Alabama three. Jay Sternberg, Texas A and M four. Okay. And then Dawson Nix. Huh. Never heard of him. Where do you he's play? Out of Mississippi. Ole Miss. Yep. Dang. So they had three wide receivers and a tight end all at Ole Miss? Jesus. All uh, draft eligible. Well, the, the the Knicks guy is probably hard to hear because he, he's a he's a, he's a rel- he's a guy that's going to go on the field to block. Yeah. He's a red zone type of guy. He's not going to run routes coming down the field. Right. But when he gets in the red zone, he's reliable. Just a big body you like, always on the field. Okay, I see it. I kind of did the same thing with my number five. So we have the same top four just kind of scrambled. Yeah. Fant. And Hawkinson, the two Iowa kids, Irv Smith Jr. Alabama, and we have Jace Sternberg, uh, Sternberger at out of ATM, ATM, A and M, six four two fifty one. I like him. He had ten touchdowns last year. Um, I, I like him. I think he could be like a you know, flex out wide mismatch, yeah. a move tight end. My number five is Caden Smith out of Stanford. And you want to know why I have him at number five? Why? Because he played at Stanford, and he's a Stanford tight end. Why not? That's that's <laughs> literally. I could not find a fifth tight end that I liked in this group, and I don't plan on drafting a tight end past the top four, if at all. So, I literally took the Stanford tight end, who's six five, two fifty five, forty seven catches for six hundred thirty five yards, only two touchdowns, and I put him at number five because he played at Stanford. So until I dig deeper on the tight ends, or until you know what I'm gonna do with the tight ends, I'm gonna wait and see. Which tight ends get drafted by which teams and where do they get drafted in in the rounds? And then I'm going to go and put my top 
eight together in case I need a, a late round tight end guy to you know add some depth. That's kind of how I'm approaching this tight end class. I don't want to mail it in for the listeners, but Gasecki, I was super high on last year. The year before, we had a good class. We, we've we've gotten spoiled to a couple of good tight end classes. I just don't see this one producing a ton of high end elite caliber players. That's that's why I'm kind of meh about it. But that could all change after the draft. All right, Jay, thoughts about tight ends? I see you scrolling. Are you Googling more tight ends to try to jam entire list here? I, I was actually trying to look through my list to see if there's anybody, but there's really not. Yeah, much. I mean, there are probably a ton of nice quality tight ends. Yes, this this is actually a good draft as far as NFL guys. real life yes. tight ends. These yes. are NFL tight ends. Right. Not fantasy 30-point Travis Kelsey tight ends. No. At least not yet. Not yet. No, they could form, but... All right. Um, in NFL draft, you, you and I are getting together for that draft. We're getting together with a couple of the home uh, home league guys. You realize that we also signed up for a softball tournament that same weekend. We did, didn't sign up yet. Did, we didn't sign up yet. So, do you <laughs> on, on the on the record now? Do you still want to play softball? Because I just realized that those two dates are the same exact dates. Well, I can get an NFL <laughs> Network on my. Uh, All right, we'll stream it. Phone. We'll stream it in the dugout. Yeah, and when we're in the field too, we'll just well, in between each pitch. When I'm in shortstop, I'll just hold the phone. Yeah, up right. And... In between each pitch. All right. Yeah. Well, so to be uh, to be determined whether or not we're watching the draft together. All right, Jay. This was fun. So top ten. Let me just go over the running backs again. I know we already covered them, and people can rewind in a podcast. I have Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, David Montgomery, Rodney Anderson, Justice Hill. One, two, three, four, five. Josh Jacobs as my six, Devin Singletary as my seven, Damian Harris as my eight, Mike Weber as nine, and Devin Ozigba out of Nebraska at 10. Jay has Josh Jacobs number one, Miles Sanders number two, Daryl Henderson number three, D. Harris number four, uh, David Montgomery number five, Rodney Anderson six, Elijah Holyfield seven, Bryce Love eight, Singletary nine, and Benny Snell number 10. So there are your top 10 for both of us. And we'll try to post them out on Twitter, and what I'll do is I'll add them to the uh, the bio in the uh, I say the bio the description in this episode below, so you guys can read them. And then top five tight ends in no particular order: Noah Fant, T.J. Hawkinson, Irv Smith Jr. Those are the top three I think for both Jay and I. Uh, Jay Sternberger coming in at four out of A and M, and I have Caden Smith out of Stanford at number five, and he has. Dirk, give me your guy's name. I didn't write it down. <laughs> uh, Jay's pulling up his list again. It's uh, Dawson Nix. Th- there you go. Dawson Nix. Is he from California? Like a, a white one. suburb of California? It's yeah. a very like, bro-ish surfer dude name. Well, it's actually from um, I already no. Dawson's Creek? No, it's a football movie. The guy <laughs> that reaches in the back and feeds his pig uh, pancakes and says, I love that dog. Man, that's my favorite. One of my favorite football movies. You don't even know the name of it. Oh, what's it called? Right. Blue. Blue. Well, we'll discuss it next next week's episode. How about that? I'm Jay? so disappointed. Because right now, now we're just rambling. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Jay, as always, Jay, right on the other side. Good show. Uh, I'm Ethan Paul. We will see you guys next week, where we will talk about more draft stuff. Maybe do a full blown draft preview. Who needs what? Talk about different teams uh, in real life that might relate to fantasy. So. Until then, this is Flex Appeal signing off. See you guys next week. I don't know what movie you're talking about here. Varsity Blues. Oh, Varsity Blues. You said blue, too. It's the quarterback.